Thank you, Janet Lee. And I would have to say that was smooth and just so rendered. Uh, I was so comfortable with hearing it. I had to think, whoa, I got to watch it here. I don't fall asleep. That was great. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we are ready for number 14, Seven Thunders Speak, Manifest Chronicles before Genesis. And this is a, a continuation of last week and a stepping out a little further into the space of many interesting things. And so it is uh, time for us to get right into it. I've been told by our webmaster that we need to cut off about 10 minutes prior to getting into two hours because uh, otherwise he has a little bit of problem fitting everything together. Uh, with the um, <clears throat> format that he is using with this uh, particular server. So we want to make everything uh, coalesce and be convenient and uh, congenial, and that's what we're going to try to do. I'm going to try to be done by 10 after 9, and uh, we can get an awful lot of good stuff in there. So... <clears throat> You know, this time we were talking about a bridge between the all and the all. So turn with me to um, the book, The Seven Thunders Speak. And let's look at page 243, you, you that have a book. And I pray that you that do not have a book, but you're trying to follow this. Oh, my, 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 if you possibly can afford to get a book. There's not that much money at all. It would be so helpful for you when you are following it. Page 243. In the deep of vision, I opened a book of an interleaf page. At first sight, it was blank. But within a nip of a moment, there was formed on the interleaf an intriguing interface. A riveting line of boundary. Then the boundary disappeared, and that which was seen and heard became a part of that which was not seen and heard. Suddenly I knew there was a song of life that once known enabled a bridge between the all that was and the all over the all that is. My eyes having seen, I began to read the Manifester. There is so much just in that paragraph, an interleaf, what an interesting, strange name. Something that isn't always at first sight full of information. In fact, it has an appearance of being blank. But then something can change that blankness. Some momentum of thinking, of heartfelt desire. So that suddenly there is formed on that interleaf, an intriguing interface. And then suddenly a riveting line of boundary, a line separating that new interleaf revelation from the old revelation. But a little more time, another nip of time, and then the boundary disappears because the intention of God is to bring all things together. And that which was seen and heard became a part of that which was not seen and heard. 
and suddenly I knew there was a song of life that once known enabled a bridge between the all that was and the all over the all that is. We want to touch on that tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We want to help you open up your minds. We want to help you discover insight. Insight that will alleviate you from the fear and the pains and the, and the torture of our modern day society threats. And all of the, the profound uh, confusion that seems to reign so supreme in the streets of political idiom. We're not here today to knock any, anybody, even political nonsensory. We're here today to just look for the, the royal highway. We're here today to lead you to that highway, to help you to be lifted up. Lifted up so that your sensors are no longer interested in sniffing around on all the turmoil so laden upon the earthly terrestrial realm. Lift you up so that your eyes have wings and your ears are halls of resonance and your tongue can speak a word, one word at a time, that has such a magic sweep to it, you can reach out to touch the worlds beyond. The color of music, I ting ting, reminisce of the transcendental music of the awe awe. The color of music on our planet was striking. The moments of its shades and echoes were glorious. Each color was known for a song. Each note was luminiferous of many unfolds of reflections and exceptionally lovely and constant of spectral arrangements. Within our eyes, reach of Simon's heavens above us, we could see rays and as prisms, haloed to prisms, on awe our songs were sung. Things sympathetic sprayed tints of sound-reflected colors, which showings cheered our spirits and warmed our hearts. Some of our songs stimulated pillars of light and sensations of a great richness that connected from awe to Simon's skies above us. The rhythmic magnetism of our songs set off one scintillation phenomena after another. Quivers of joy filled our bodies as we sung and listened. The modulus equilibrium of our harmony acted as gifts of healing. The use of these coordinate waves were a powerful source of medicine on awe. Music to us was a restoring force. As well, the harmonic motions or songs were salubrious. Our music instruments produced tones vibrating in sequences, translational, rotational, and in alternating directions. 
We use the inertia of our songs for creating by directing rhythms of impulse to change the spinning momentum of atoms. In our quest for knowledge, we studied wave motions which were cohesive and wave motions which were disruptional. So that you may understand what I have just read to you. They're talking about a place of spiritual and physiological harmony in which the conundrums of that seem apparent in the physical world change references. And the, the references that changed are sometimes equivocated to the spinnings and the emotional vibrations that we have in the, the quantum world of atoms and subatomic particles. It is common for many persons to not think that they are a god. It's common for persons to think that they are so limited that there are so many things that they cannot do and will never be able to do and never be able to accomplish. And yet, if a person really reads the Bible as the open book that it wants to be, as the revelation that it wants to unfold, as the, of the love that it wants to express, and in the spirit that it wants to extol, then, ladies and gentlemen, you would find that you are not ordinary, but you are extraordinary, and that your capabilities are part of the birthright that you have, because you have a, a spirit soul. You have a spirit soul. You are not to be looked down on. You have something very, very, very precious. And it is, it is time that God wants his people to realize the power and the preciousness of that. Blessed be the name of God. You people out here today who might think that you are weak, you're sick, you just barely can hold on, that is just a notion. And God is wanting to call you beyond that. You need to start overexerting yourself in the spiritual mode. You need to start believing that if you think right and follow God's leading, that you will be able to live for a long, long time. And in living, you'll be able to even be healthy during those times that you live. God wants you to be happy. He wants you to be free. He wants you to take advantage of all the goods and the benefits that he has made available for his people.
any person who has created something particularly and especially for other people to enjoy receives great benefit when those other people are deriving benefits from those things that were put aside and saved especially for that purpose. And, and the people that that don't get to have that experience, it's very, very sad. And the people that don't want to think about being gods, even though Jesus said, know you not that you are gods? It's written that way. Check out the Gospel of St. John, Chapter 10. And see for sure what it really says and what it really does not say. It is an awesome, beautiful revelation. Well, there is a clear scripture in the New Testament. You can easily find it with a little research. That speaks about us having a spirit, a body, and a soul. I bumped into a letter that someone wrote about they did not believe that in any place in the Bible there was a substantiation for a soul uh, other than a soul being a body. But when you already have in a scripture that a soul is, is described separately from the body, and the scripture says body, that you have a body, that you have a spirit, and that you have a soul, then that distinguishes there being another kind of soul that is not your body soul. And that is a spirit soul. And because you have a spirit soul, and animals do not have spirit souls, you have a birthright. And that birthright is profound. And it makes it possible for you just by awakening out of the mortal and reaching beyond your mortal to enter into incredible and beautiful things for your life, for your mind, for your spirit, for your body. It is an exciting time. Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of God. Okay, now <clears throat> we're still talking about this, the bridge between the all of the all. And we want you to understand that as you get into this spiritual mental harmony, that this bridge is not something that is out there suspended every day, but it is something that is instantaneously created between the things that you do not understand and the things that you need to understand and that God wants you to understand the moment you come into the resonance of the Spirit. And when you come into that resonance of the Spirit, then it's an instantaneous spanning, spanning of that bridge. And, and it is the bridge, as I have said, a bridge between the all and the all. A bridge between all of the things that you need to know that you do not know.
whether they be astrophysical, having to do with the stars, having to do with the solar consequences of our our planet and sun's solar system, whether it be past archaeological evidence that have to do with with the human development of the human race and pre-humans, uh, pre-soul humans that existed prior to that, or whether it has to do with understanding the Bible, whether it has to do with understanding other human beings. There are a need today for many bridges to span these gaps. And the Bible says that God is looking for persons who will stand in the gap. Now, that gap is this very thing that we're talking about. These places where there is no suspension of a bridge. No way to get across from ignorance to knowledge. No way to get across from fruitlessness to the gifts of the Spirit. No way to get across to the great historical was, that which was, and from that which was to that which is, and from that which is to that which is to be. No bridges there. Just gaps. And God says, I'm looking for people to stand in those gaps and, and, and to start humming so that as they hum in the harmony of resonance, that bridges will begin to be formed between these gaps and separations of spirit-to-spirit connection and love-to-love connection and knowledge-to-knowledge connections and harmony-to-harmony connections and believing-to-believing connections and faith-to-faith connections and hope-to-hoping connections and doing-to-doing connections. God wants you to be bridge creators. And he wants to connect you with this ministry that will not only build bridges that where people have only gaps, but it'll build bridges for yourselves where, where for yourself where you have gaps. And this revelation of a bridge between the all and the all as we read to you on page 245 from the Seven Thunders book, is very, very, very real. God wants to take you on a journey. And, and he wants to give you a confidence of the truth. A confidence that when you hear it, you will know it, and you will not, you will not judge it. Uh, you will not... Wrinkle your nose. You will not be filled with questions and doubts. But your spirit will bear witness with the Holy Spirit that the words of God are the Holy Ghost in fire. That when the Holy Ghost 
and fire are in electrosynchronic nations, when they are synchronized, is what I'm trying to say, from the one to the other, then, ladies and gentlemen, you have touched the trigger of power. Blessed be the name of God. It is exciting. It is so exciting. We're going to get into something today, after a bit, not immediately, called the fifth day of creation, the longest day of creation. And we're going to uh, open up some um, very interesting scripture for you to be able to see that. And uh, we'll just let this, we'll let this amazingness happen to you so that you can really appreciate how that God is doing wonderful things over these radio broadcasts. Now there's a lot of strange creatures out there. We were talking about that. But some of these strange creatures, believe it or not, are human beings. And I think there have always been strange creatures among the human race. But I think it seems like with the increase of population and with the downward spiral pressures that are being created from all of the the sad biology that is going into the foods that people are eating and the sad uh, pharmaceuticals that are being used that are... Um, over conspired as far as any kind of inspiration of uh, succinct reality is concerned and are creating certain states of toxins in bodies and in minds and, uh, and although there are people with such beautiful immune systems and incredible bodies that somehow spin around these and their bodies sort of know where to tuck these toxins and sort of keep them uh, buried in the corners of these various infolds. There are other people that just don't have that capability genetically to, uh, to, to escape. And so they get affected. And there are some mighty strange, weird, sadly created creatures out there called human beings who are really messed up. And there needs to be the Jesus kind of miracles like when Jesus came and cast a legion of demons out of that man that was just mentally tormented and in chains and in darkness of mind and, and Jesus set him free. Praise the name of God. Well, this bridge between the all and all is a really a big message. And I guess if we were wanting to start an important place, we should really go to Genesis. And we should just remind people of what the Bible says in Genesis. So let's go right back to the first book of the Bible. 
And let's read in chapter 2 and in verse 9. And out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant in, to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now as spiritual as we may think the tree of knowledge being for whatever part it is that was good as spiritual as we may think the tree of life is I would like you to understand that in this ninth verse of the second chapter of Genesis it says that out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree so the tree of life grew out of the ground. As you will be able to see something very unusual here today in this opening of this bridge across troubled waters, across conundrums and turbulences of religiosity and philosophical tur turbulences, you will be able to see something quite phenomenal and beautiful. So as we begin to understand that, that out of the ground grew the tree of life, then it should not be too strange, this thing that I will preach to you today about the DNA and the, the, the orbs of confluent experiences. that are all ready to bring forth their secrets. Praise the name of God. Let's go on. Verse 10. And a river went out of Eden to the water, the garden. From thence it was parted and became into four heads. Now that number four is not insignificant. Because basically it is really, although the earth is sort of spherical, sort of circle-like, it is really a description of the earth. So when the Bible is talking about, you know, the four corners of the earth, and people took that as meaning the earth was flat and square, that was because they didn't understand the language of the Bible. But we, 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 we can begin to understand if we really check out these four revelations. The four kinds of man, the four winds, the four directions. And it just goes on and on and on with the, direct, with the, with the revelation of the four. Which all keep coming back to the thing about people places, things that have to do with the earth. And, and so there were four rivers. And they, they went forth out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became into four heads. Now that is very, very interesting because when you read 
in the book of um, Genesis about the garden, uh, and and you um, just carefully observe every word that the Bible says in the 15th verse of the second chapter, and the Lord took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to, and to keep it. Now keeping that in mind, we go back and we read that again, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden. It goes out of Eden, and Eden is a huge, huge, uh, huge, gigantic area of land. And there are, you know, there's east, there's a west, and no doubt a north and a south. But specifically, the important part is, is that there is, as far as the garden is concerned, and we're not going to have the time to get real, real technical on that. I have other teachings that you can look up on the blogs. But we have the East Garden. And in the middle of the East Garden and the West Garden was the Tree of Life and the Tree of Good and Evil Knowledge. But somehow, although we always think of this as being in the garden, it's interesting that the Bible says that these rivers went out of the garden in order to water it. Now that would be very difficult to understand geographically, especially as we would uh, compare some of the other scriptures in Genesis about the garden. That'd be, that'd be very, very, very uh, difficult to follow. Um, because in the 23rd verse of the third chapter, it says, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to tell the ground from which he was taken, speaking of Adam. So there was a ground from which he was taken that was not the Garden of Eden. But in this particular scenario, the Garden of Eden is in Eden. And yet there is another ground from which he was taken. But this river goes out to water the ground. Or the, see, it goes out, and we read that, and I'm going to read it again. Verse 10, And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. Now if you understand it this way, that there were people that were born outside of the Garden of Eden. And that this river was a very special kind of river. It was a genetic river. And this genetic river was watered or was made to have life by what happened outside of the Garden. Just like Adam, the Bible says, he was taken from the ground outside of the garden. But this genetic aspect of these four rivers watered him outside of the garden. And then God took and brought him into the garden. Now we know if, if we look at Revelations, 
chapter 17, that we have an angel's description and definition of, of water. Chapter 17 of Revelations, verse 15, and he, and he saith to me, and if you check about who's saying it, you'll see that it's like an angelic person. He said unto me, The waters which thou sawest where the horse sitteth are people, multitudes, nations, and tongues. Now we have a description by the angel saying that waters that John saw, that waters represented people, multitudes, nations, and tongues. Then if you go over to the 8th chapter, and I hope to give this to you often enough that eventually you're going to get it memorized. Because this is so very important. But Isaiah 8. And you read chapter 8, verse 9. Pardon me, verse 7. Chapter 8, verse 7. Now therefore, behold, the Lord bringeth upon them the waters of the river, strong and many, even the king of Assyria and all his glory, and he shall come up over his channels and go up over all his banks, just like a river. And he shall pass through Judah, he shall overflow and go over, he shall reach even to the neck, and the stretching out of his wings shall fill the breath of the land. O Emmanuel. This O Emmanuel is put at the end of this sentence. It doesn't seem to most people to even fit, but it really is, because it is such a magnificent revelation. This whole uh, army and kingship. of the Assyrian people is clearly, beyond a, a shadow of a question of a doubt, depicted as, as water, as a river. Now there are many, many, there are dozens and dozens, 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 dozens of other scriptures that tell this, this Bible language story of the meaning of river and the meaning of water as representing people, tongues, na nations, and, and energies, uh, which uh, is a personification of an entity or entities. And so, as we begin to see this, and we put that in a total textual confirmation, we can see there was four kinds of rivers. Now they have names here, and in some of the other uh, Bible re revisions, they you know have Tigris and some of the other names in there instead of the names that are given here. It really does not change anything. It doesn't have to make any difference. I just prefer these old names found in the Book of King James. But if you like to use the new names given in some of the other script, uh, books, like NIV or. Or, or some of those other uh, Bible versions, that's just fine. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change them from being genetic rivers. And the name of the first is Pison. That, that is it which compasses the whole land of Havilah where there is gold. There's a distinct real estate, there's a distinct area, and, and, and there is gold, and that stands for gold, and it also stands for, you know, medium of exchange. And and uh, and it has a border, a circumference, and uh, and the gold of that land is good, and there is bilium in the onk stone, and the name of the second river is Gihon, 
Some people pronounce it Jahan. This, the same is it that compasses the whole land of Ethiopia. There we have another distinction of the land and where it is. These are huge. This reaches all the way up to, you know, to Africa and into Africa. And the name of the third river is the Herakiel. That is it which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. Wow. Now here's what I want to sort of lay out for you. That these four rivers go back into incredibly very, very ancient time. And, and I'm not talking like 10,000 years ago, but I'm talking thousands and thousands of years ago. And so when they have found all these different kinds of bones and given them names, some of, the, some of them correctly, some of them not quite correctly, you know, the Ostropithecus, man, so to, call, so, so to speak, the uh, Humus abilius, the Humus erectus, the Humus neanderthal, and then the new one that they found in Russia, the Denisova hominesis, And some people pronounce that homonysia, like the last part of N-I-S-S, like ice. That's D-E-N-I-S-O-V-A, D-E-N-I-S-O-V-A, and H-O-M-I-N-I-S-S. And then there's the Cro-Magnon, and the Homo sapiens, and the humans. Now, just so that you get this straight... The Cro-Magnons and the Homo sapiens and the humans are all the same. They are all modern humans. But I like to think of the Cro-Magnons as being the very earliest, the most ancient of the humans in a certain sense. And I think that, um, that we might consider the father and mother of Adam, who were Euphrates people, but that they were going through what we will later show people as a sequential cyclic change of DNA that they were experiencing that could have put them into what I would call this Cro-Magnon type of person so that when they gave birth, as it describes it in the 16th chapter of Ezekiel, to Adam, that they fit that category. But, you know, they are also called... Uh, humo, uh, humo uh, sapiens uh, and humans. So you could say all three of those names really all mean the same thing. They mean modern humans. Now, we're going to discover that the, the theory of evolution is, is in certain kinds of crises and possibly the largest crisis that it is facing is the irreductible complexity of certain things in the human body like DNA and how that this DNA is of, is of such a grandeur kind of of existence.
it is it is nothing less than awesome. You know, the human DNA is equivalent to 12 sets of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Let me repeat that. The human DNA is equivalent to 12 sets of the Encyclopedia. And we're not talking about 12 books. We're talking about 12 sets of the Encyclopedia. And yet their size of the, the size of DNA is only two millionth of a millimeter thick. The whole incredibility of the DNA is nothing less than transformational and incredible. And we want to get into how that this mitochronic chondrial DNA shifting and sequential change of the DNA is so in incredibly different than what a lot of people can understand. And how that scientists are just beginning to, to, to come into the learning that getting inside the human cell is a discovery of like a universe all of its own. It is like a universe all of its own. It is just incredible. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into that because it is so important. Now, someone might say, well, there's only four kinds of men that are mentioned. Four kinds of people that are mentioned. And there's more than that kind of, of these kinds of creatures that have been found. We're going to explain that as we move along and, and, and get into the, the whole basis of this. We have to first understand that, ev that the, the theory of evolution isn't just perfect. You know, it is a theory in crises. For instance, um, there's a lot of, uh, of skeletal uh, uh, basis that is being used to uh, make statements about the age, statements about the type, and... Um, uh, but when it's when it is um, put into a test of being verified as an overall match to biology, uh, it, it it doesn't come out into to a perfect match, and um, many many uh, cases are still not re resolved uh, of uh, various creation forms out there that are in a very advanced state of uh, evolution the first time that they are known to have appeared. And there's not really answers within evolution other than they still hope to find the, the other sets of those particular species uh, that precede it and are the link to those and more advanced uh, creations. So uh, it is all interesting. It is all important. Uh, 
And um, this um, mitochondrial genome, it's not just something you should just say that's too hard for me to understand. You should work at understanding it because it has a story. It has a story that is well worth you understanding and well worth you having knowledge about. Now, let's look at a couple of scriptures in the Bible that um, there's MIV translations on. And if we're looking at the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 26, it says, And hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. We know that it is God's will for there to be one blood. And we know that it's God's will and determination. And it's been appointed. Now, that doesn't mean there can't be all of the different uh, national origins and and, you know, like there can't be all of the different uh, people of different colors. Uh, that They're all still all humans. And they're all still uh, the, same, the same blood. But when we start getting into other kind of genomes, uh, and, and uh, now don't lose that page there, uh, say back like to the sixth chapter of uh, Genesis, and we get back to the sixth chapter of Genesis and we begin to read something like, uh, and it came to pass, it's verse 1, chapter 6, Genesis, came to pass when men became to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all they chose. Now, the thing we have to understand is there's two different kinds of uh, genomes here, two different kinds of people with different uh, types of uh, DNA uh, a species. And um, uh, we, can, we can really uh, uh, substantiate this really within uh, the, the, the very words uh, of the Bible here. It said that the sons of God, okay, who are the sons of God? Well, we know that if you go back to the the book of, of, of Luke, uh, somewhere around the fourth chapter, I think it is, and you will find that it gives the genealogy and it goes all the way back to Luke, uh, or pardon me, all the way back to Adam, uh, of, of whom it says, who was the son of God. So then we know that the Bible teaches that Adam's seed was sons of God. So when it talks about the sons of God, we know that the that that. Cain left that family, and that that um, uh, that Saith was was murdered by Cain, um, and um, uh, pardon me, Abel was murdered by Cain, and a new child was born by the name of Saith, uh, and and there was other children, of course, additionally born, and that these were the sons of God. And, and, you know, we know there's a time element here, and we don't need to say how far up the line it was and how many other sons of God that were offspring of Seth that there were, but it obviously uh, is a growth story uh, of development of, of different generations. And, um, and, and these sons of God then, which were the offspring of Adam and Seth, 
begin to see that the sons of men, and these were not sons of God. They're denoted differently, and that's why the Bible denotes it here differently, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, they're two different kinds of categories, you know. And, and, and now some people want to say, oh, these sons of God, these were the demons. What stupidity. What misunderstanding. People go into the book of Enoch, uh, you know, not the one that's in, it's not in the Bible, but they go into the book of Enoch, and they read that story there, and they don't read it correctly. If they read it correctly, they wouldn't get the same story out of it that they do. And I intend to eventually translate that book and, and bring it into the Bible, uh, the one I use anyway. But, but um, uh, it's, it's a terrible thing when people go out there and start saying, you know, the, 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 the devils. That are the, are these are these bad angels? Are these angels that became bad? When in fact these are talking about the sons of God. And and that is a little different way of, of talking than it usually talked about the the angels. And when we begin to see the importance of that, it is very very important, you know, to to understand. And let's let's read on. And they took the wives of all they chose, that's verse 2. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, uh, for that he also is flesh. Now what does it mean, for that he also is flesh? My spirit will not always strive with man. I'm not going to put up with this. Uh, there's going to be an end of it. These people that are, are uh, pre-human, these people that do not have souls, my spirit's not going to keep striving and allowing them to exist. But the one thing that God does acknowledge, for that he also is flesh. He is also flesh. Now what does it mean also flesh? This isn't talking about two, you know, these, these angels that were, you know, like people have tried to claim from the book of Enoch. This is talking about down on the earth, fleshly type of human bodies whether whether they 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 were the the uh, uh magnon or whether they were uh, the uh, neanderthal or homo erectus or humo humo erectus uh you know they had flesh they had flesh just like the sons of god in their human bodies had flesh and that's the story and it's right there it is right there and so now all these things are very, very important to understand this in this powerful way. Now back to Acts 17. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to read the MIV for verse 26. And this is what says in the King James and and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. MIV. God has made all nations of humankind to become one blood so that they might dwell over the whole uh, habitable part of the earth. Okay. Therefore, which time, uh, times and, and, and bounds of habitation were appointed before of the long ago. 
this thing about there being these humans with one blood had bounds of habitation and had an appointment. And it was set in. Now verse 27 says that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. These are soul people. So then unto these souls of one blood was planned their free will to come to a cognitive recognition of God and to have that God, and to have that God uh, is uh, to understand him being everywhere nearby. Wow. Now, I hope that you're understanding and following all that, because there's something very important here. And I'll look at one more scripture before I leave this part of the Bible. Um, because it's um, nothing less than awesome. Let's go over to um, <clears throat> the book of um, of Job, chapter thirty-seven. Chapter thirty-seven, book of Job. He sealeth up the hand of every man, that all men may know his his work. The MIV pronounces this or interprets this as genome fusion. And this is the way it is uh, translated. God sets a fusion in the chromosomes of mortals so that they may depart from being beasts and become entities of a higher consciousness. We're later going to be talking about how that there is a a sequential plan that is written within the DNA and that how that at some point, like in the age of, of knowledge, like in the, the age of the, what we call the, the age of ion, there will suddenly begin to be changes in, in many of the people. Just suddenly, as, he's, as the DNA begins to, to, to open with fuse, fusions and, and, and is able to open its book. And it's going to be an incredible, beautiful thing because the Bible says in that day that everybody will know the Lord. That even a child will understand. And the Holy Manifest says that in that day, children be able to, will be able to read Adams like reading the letters of a book. And to me that is very, very, very exciting. Okay, now let's just move on here because we have a lot to cover. A lot to cover. Yes, we do. Now in page 282 of the Seven Thunder Speak, we have here uh, an, an interesting story in the fourth thunder, fourth universe, of where there was this force that created these strange um, morph type of creations. And uh, they were so powerful 
that the um, the living uh, uh, human type creatures were having a very very difficult time overcoming them, and it even looked as though uh, you know whole planets might be taken over by these morph gro- growths that had had capability to change from from sort of a vegetation ground cover into actual uh, walking uh, entities. So we'll just start reading from page 282. Suddenly, strange creatures rose from the morphic fiber and headed our way. Now these people that are speaking about heading our way was a, a group of, um, of, of persons that were sent out on a special uh, transport plane, and they were sent out there um, as special agents to try to destroy this morph growth. And, and, uh, but they understood that it had an intelligence. And so they knew that they had to be very, very careful how they went about it. But they had to f- somehow, by being there uh, on this planet that it had taken over, uh, they had to fi- somehow find a solution to how to destroy it and eradicate it. And they are out on the ground uh, where all this morph, uh, morphic fiber is growing. And, uh, and so they're saying uh, uh, this, uh, these strange creatures rose from the morphic fiber and headed our way. But how could they see us or know where we were? We are invisible. This is talking about a day when um, they will be able to make things invisible. I recently uh, uh, heard on a uh, program where they uh, were able to take and make something the size of a quarter to become totally invisible. And um, it was uh, an act of dematerialization. Uh, I believe the day is coming when um, uh, they will uh, have the ability uh, of dematerialization, uh, that people will be able to, to get into that invisible mode. Here in this advanced situation as described in this particular chapter of the fourth uh, thunder, the fourth universe, uh, these, uh, d- these agents were able to make themselves invisible. And they could not figure out, being that they're invisible, how that they could have been uh, detected by, the, by, by this, uh, the creatures of the morphic fiber. Just then from uh, Decagon, the decagon, a photo transition from our leader began. Our morph has read the heat register from your invisible feet impressions. Mind power the morph yadas to go against the creatures. Ignore all else and go for the source. Instantly completing this command, we urgently pondered with deep thought the source. Wasn't the Rennies the source? But they were destroyed. How did the Rennies create this morph creation? They programmed it, of course, but how? And there is this thing about uh, halation. A terrible ruckus was going on between the morph yadas whom we had programmed and what we called the limtoids. But neither entity seemed to be able to destroy the other, which was a curiosity. Another curiosity was why the fiber under our feet and in the near proximity around us was not rising up in grotesque forms against us. It had to be that something about us was subduing or limiting these morph growths. The, the thought hit us all the same time. What was the life structure, structure of Sodi? That's the name of the planet that they were on. 
the planet Sodi, S-O-D-E-E, before the Rinis contaminated it. Our companions on, on uh, uh, Decagon uh, had already been contemplating uh, these uh, things. Phototransitions were streaming in. Sodi was dominated by phosphorus plants and related species. The uh, phosphorus plant was ghostly white, um, almost transparent, with a pale green core that could be seen through its outer structure. It was these plants that gave Sodi its beauty before the gog Renin invasion. Now we see that this thing Gog has been um, involved on different planets of these different universes. And how that, that the, the Gog lived before there were any universes. They, they lived in the Alpha Ages and were called the Alphans. And, and uh, they became very, uh, you could say, evil because uh, you know, they basically rejected wanting to have God be the last uh, power of decision over them. They wanted to be like God, but they wanted to be, have freedom to you know, make decisions like God. And, uh, and that led them into a terrible squab squabble among their own people uh, where they had to fight for their own survival. After that photo transition, the Halation thing kept coming back to our minds, and suddenly we together exclaim, the cellular blipping. Then it hit us. The cellular blipping was a signal remnant of the phosphorus plant prior to the programming sequences used by the Rennies. After the Rennies uh, uh, purled uh, 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 um, uh, several issues of the phosphorus plant's met metabolism, to, to recombine with new genetic compositions, they uh, then photomerged their Rini design to all the remaining plants, section by section across Sodi. Once this new cellular signal was uh, photomerged into the phosphorus plant, all regenerative stock took on the R-morph design. However, because of the luminous and transparent quality of the phosphorus plant, there was left an inhalation that was able to, uh, uh, to be detected as a sort of remnant effect of the phosphorus plant's original primary uh, respiration. Consequently, we came to realize that uh, remaining in this halation was the original imprint design of the phosphorus plant because there remained this undiverged genetic signal. The signals were recorded in our surveillance as a cellular, cellular blipping. Now, you can see that there is a, a comparative here between Lucifer Satan and his work on the fifth uh, generation and how that he implanted all kinds of, um, of uh, uh, different um, genetic uh, uh, long-term uh, capsules that w would come into effect over great periods of time and, and, and all of the different kind of creations that he did on this uh, fifth day of creation and, and uh, how that, that people to this very day are still fighting uh, this something similar to this morph a plant creation, but it was discovered that there there was a cellular blipping, and that this sort of phosphorus light that was ever so often flicking uh, from the remaining part of that 
had to mean something and all of a sudden came to this, this, this crew of agents that that must contain the original, the original signals or the original DNA. And so let's go on with this then. <clears throat> to recombine the new genetic compositions, they uh, photo merged. Uh, the fourth line down, page 283. They're already designed to all the remaining plants section by section across SOTI. Once this new cellular signal was photo merged into the phosphorus plant, all regenerative stock took on the R-morph design. However, because the luminous and transparent quality of the phosphorus um, uh, uh, phosphor plant uh, there was left an uh, halation that was able to be detected as a sort of remnant effect of the uh, uh, phosphoric or uh, phosphor plant's original primary respiration. Consequently, we came to realize that remaining in this halation was the original uh, imprint design uh, of the phosphorus uh, plant uh, because there remained this undiverged genetic signal. Um, Signals were recorded to our surveillance in a, a cellular blipping. However, we now all instantly knew the salation held the print of the original plant source upon which the Rennies used recombinant uh, methods uh, to create the R-morph. We, we as well knew we must mine power to regenerate the halation imprint as we mine-powered it to supersede the recombinant creation. Uh, uh, the halation was the source we were to find. We also understood why our presence was needed. The kind of mind powering would also require physical contact. With great vigor and determination, we began with our hands to touch the growths already subdued that were about our feet and to mind power them to their original creation form signals and halations. Glimmerings of light rose and flowed like springs of sparkling, spreading as a sunrise on the horizon. We watched the glimmerings spread over the morphiatas and the limtoid creatures and saw both forms being trans uh, of beings transforming back to original plants and then to full glimmering. Each sodi was a glow with a glimmering of such radiance and beauty we yadas shall never forget. There is, ladies and gentlemen, an example here, a beautiful, precious example that is being given uh, so that, that we can really understand it uh, in an absolutely uh, beautiful way as comparative to uh, us on this planet bound in these mortal bodies and how that there is left within us this, this glow of our birthright and which is called the kingdom of God within. And, and the Bible tells us, you know, in the, in the book of, um, in fact, I'm going to read it, in the book of the Gospel of John, I'm going to turn to it and read it because it's too important not to make sure that everybody really has this down. You've got to have it down. You've got to know it like your right and left hands. And so I'm going to read it. <clears throat> and here, here, is, here is what it says. <clears throat> All right. Verse 9. This was the true light which lighteth every man that comes into the world. There is no human being, man, woe, man, no human being that is not 
that comes into the world that is not lit with this life, with this light. Every solitary person, every solitary human being, according to the Bible, is lit with this light. No exception. You have it. You have it. I have it. And every person has this light. And it's the true light. It's the kingdom of God within us. And every person that comes into this world, that's born in this world, has it. And so, it is it's absolutely essential that you keep that in mind, because that is the source. That is the power. That is the way out. That is where you have a design that is the original design, the original information, the original of the things that you need to have, that you need to know to be able to complete the plan of restoration. Now, one little blip here to throw in. Uh, we talked here uh, a short time back about, um, you know, the, the potential of these uh, flares, uh, you know, uh, uh, breaking uh, through the Van Allen belt, uh, the uh, great um, shield of magne uh, mag uh, electromagnetism that, that, that spans around the, the globe of the earth, and, and um, how that there, were, there was a, a hundred uh, year cycle in which there, the sun really flares up, and that we were uh, now uh, about 152 years. So we were, we were 52 years above the 100-year cycle. And so that people should, you know, think about survival. I do want to say that just recently there's been an announcement by the UK uh, and that they have uh, developed for their GPS satellites a way to move those craft uh, and to fold the, the uh, down the, the, uh, uh, the, what they call the wings, uh, which have all the sensory equipment on it, so that uh, they have discovered a new way to sense the uh, the radiation of the of the flares from the sun uh, when they begin to hit the Van Allen belt, belt. and and then how uh, uh, to react before that has an effect on these uh, satellites. Uh, and and to fold down the wings and and to even move them into a different position uh, where they can be quite confident that those uh, sources of um, of solar flare will not strike them, and uh, that I thought was a beautiful piece of news you would like to hear because it uh, it, it certainly does uh, pick up the spirit. It 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 really it really. Uh, it really has a way of, you know, picking up the spirit in, in quite a, a beautiful way. Okay, uh, we, we got a hustle. Last week we talked about these clay uniform, uh, cuneiform tablets and their pictures and graphic signs and the Sumerians and the Arcadians and the Babylonians and, and we mentioned that, uh, that uh, the legends of the, of the flood, uh, that uh, there are many of those legends all over the world and, and uh, that uh, the Babylonian uh, uh, flood story, the Epic of uh, Gilgamesh, 
uh, is not the oldest story about the flood. There are there are, are uh, flood stories that are older than that, and so that people shouldn't get all caught up to think that the Bible copied uh, uh, anything uh, as far as uh, those kind of Babylonian uh, uh, flood stories and so forth. And I think that was a great revelation of truth that uh, was to be said and you were to be aware of. I'm just reminding you of it. Uh, that's not the message this week, but you do need to remember that, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things going on out there. Uh, uh, we talked uh, briefly about, uh, you know, uh, Zachariah Stitchin and his discovery of some of the cuneiform tablets uh, uh, in uh, Mesopotamia, when I say the discovery, uh, his interpretation discovery, uh, translation discovery, whatever you want to call it, and um, so forth. And I'm going to just mention something uh, pretty interesting on that, uh, if I have the time here to tie it into, you know, what we're, we're talking about. Uh, but uh, uh, we, want, we want to uh, real fast uh, get over here into the, um, uh, into, into the Bible. And uh, let's, uh, last week I was talking about uh, how that uh, uh, the word good that was used, um, that uh, it, it um, uh, had uh, been misconstructed. Uh, it was not properly uh, translated. And um, that uh, it, it uh, you know, uh, the, it, could, it could be, um, you know, like... Uh, <clears throat> From the word be, it could be uh, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, like, for instance, to be, you know, and um, you can actually get into um, the concordance, Song's Concordance uh, 2896 uh, and the prime root, which is 2895, and you can see that actually, instead of it saying it was good, uh, the the first uh, uh, the first definition is to be, so when we we say that it should not say and that and that God created this and it was good, and and because th- there's a certain amount of ridiculousness to that, you know, like God saying, oh, I, I created this and it was good. How could God create anything that would not be good? It's like He had to watch His own creation. Uh, in the story of how people tell it, and then he decides, oh, I did a good job. Well, isn't that incredible? Uh, and it was just quite ridiculous, the whole thing. But when you understand that he created it and, it, and and it was to be, and that was it, that's what he did. And We showed other scriptures there that uh, that were uh, similar to, to that, in which they said, you know, uh, along that line, uh, created, created as to, as to be. And uh, and I, I don't have time to go back over that because I'm, I'm just see I'm already running out of time. There's so much I want to share with you that it's so important. Okay, first, what I want to do is I want to establish something because this might take my longest. Then if we don't get it done, we'll just finish it next week. But uh, I have been preaching for some time on this revelation that um, that something happened on the fifth day of creation there was a change that took place and uh, what it reads in the in in the fifth day of creation uh you know uh, is is this um and this would be in Genesis chapter 1 verse 20 and god said let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above 
of the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great uh, whales and, and every living creature that moveth. And uh, I, I, uh, I tried to show you um, in uh, one of my last teachings uh, that uh, what we were talking about here, uh, the, the word actually uh, mean, means, uh, you know, dragons and, uh, and is, is not uh, re really referring to a whale at all. In fact, uh, uh, it can be seen that it specifically does not mean whale. Uh, it, it actually uh, is much closer to meaning, you know, the, uh, the revelation of, of it being about, uh, you know, dragons. And uh, so on this fifth day, uh, everything seemed to change because there's suddenly these, these uh, making of the dragons. And, uh, and you can find this, um, like for instance, um, if you um, look in uh, the concordance 8570, uh, 8577, uh, it, it, what it translates it uh, uh, from the Hebrew Chaldean to is land or sea monsters, uh, serpents, dragons. And, and uh, the whale doesn't come until uh, the end of the definitions. It's the last possible definitions. It comes from a word, uh, you know, uh, tanin. And uh, uh, it, it uh, basically is about dragons, which is also repeats that in Ezekiel 29.3, where it's talking about, you know, a, a great, uh, like, Levitican-type uh, 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 dragon. So um, we see something begin to happen on that, that fifth day of uh, creation. Now, here's what, uh, and I've never taught this before, um, you know, but I'm, I'm teaching it here right now tonight. Uh, when we can begin to read in God, uh, 121 uh, Genesis, God created great whales, great dragons, great monsters. And, and now when it says God, don't let that confuse you, because I've explained to you that when it says God, that word's actually Elohim, and it means the angels. So that included Lucifer and his angels. So, so nothing changed. It was, it was gods, it was gods, it was gods, it was gods. Elohim, and and it's not talking about you know the most the most high God, who uh, uh, the Bible describes as being invisible. Uh, it's talking about it's talking about the gods, the Elohim. They're who God used in uh, the physical infinity. They're who God used the physical infinity to do creations. Okay. So now in verse 122, and God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters. Now, we're going to read the uh, MIV translations. And, uh, and now listen to this. Genesis 1.20, MIV. Again, manifold, God spoke Un's word. Manifold, Elohim's. Let the energized beings... Now, remember, we, we showed you in uh, Revelations 17, uh, 15, and Isaiah verse 8, that waters can mean people, uh, and, and there's other scriptures I could show you. I haven't got time left on here uh, tonight, but I can show you that it, it absolutely can mean uh, uh, energy, and, and anybody knows uh, you know that that if you just understand Einstein's theory, uh, that 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 
things that are physical can be changed to things that are like energy. And that's just a common understanding. So when we read here, again, manifold God, verse 120, spoke unto word, let the energized beings produce swarming uh, uh, creature cells of life, and also from that uh, which there may emerge flying creatures of the air. Verse 121, then according to manifold God's word, the energized beings Energized beings, and we're talking about, uh, uh, we're talking about uh, Lucifer, Satan, and 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 his uh, his angels, cause germ creatures of life to emerge, each capable of recreation of type. From such germ creatures e- emerged the the great dragon monsters, dinosaurs, flying creatures, a prolificity of. Um, uh, uh, of other living creatures, for manifold God's word accounted it to be. Verse 122, the manifold God's word w- had blessed uh, them, the energized spirit angels, by saying, let's be bountiful and multiply in the seas uh, to emerge as creatures of land. Now, when we go over here to the King James and we read, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill. Now, we get into a deep-rooted interpretation of Akka. And this is where I've told you that this language that has hidden uh, information within the context. Uh, so if we, we look up this uh, word, um, fill, it is, it, 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 it is very interesting. Uh, we get to um, uh, the word 4390 in the Strong's uh, Hebrew Concordance, and it means to be at an end. To be at an end. Now, isn't that strange for something that is just being created? But, but what was happening here? What was the message? The message was that Lucifer was changing the whole plan. And his plan was even to change who was the the archangel over the Ophanims. Because he, the Bible says he wanted to lift himself up to be above all the stars of the heavens. And so he was uh, he he was to, wanting to bring this at an end. And it also says to be and to become times draw. Now I'm using it that way because it, it really has, has uh, fulfillment contextually because the next thing after that is to have holy. So we're talking about the begee and the become, the be and the become, uh, to be able to be elongated, to be stretched out. You know, this is all part of this Akal revelation. Now, when we take the 43, uh, 94 number from the Strong's Concordance of Hebrews, uh, which is a, a, a root of 4390, it says, a setting to gems, be set. And this is an incredible revelation here. Uh, and let's look at it some more. 4396. Now, I said 4394, which is part of 4390. Uh, 4396, which comes from 4391, which corresponds to 4390. And again, it says a setting of gems. In closing, now this is all from that little word fill. Because it has the akha like like it has the other meaning as I'll show you when we get into it. So so uh there are these gems. Uh now keep in mind about the Bible saying that that uh that that the king of Tyre, that Lucifer uh walked up and down among the stones of fire and think how that that connects to this setting of genes. Uh how how that is just uh particularly absolutely uh 
fantastic. And then how that we could think in terms of um, the rising of a ring of insignia, so that you know that when a when a a king uh, had a uh, a ring uh, and he would take and he would stamp that on a sheet of paper, that was his insignia, and that was that was the king's uh, order, the king's rule, and and so as uh, as we have all these things that by Akka are are within the refines of that word fill and its and its meanings uh, and 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 these uh, gems that it mentions twice a setting of gems we could think of gems as symbolizing endurance and of a long term and so as we think of this long term that gives us the basis for the long day of creation because that is as akah akhad within that meaning of that word fill as well as as the the gems which mean the the long term so so we have the longest day of creation in uh, in endued within that word um, saying fill and and we have all these other things let's just go on here uh, uh 4390 um, uh, used in Genesis 6-1. The earth was filled with violence. We see how that the term is then used to show that uh, it is, equi- is it equivalent uh, to, to things like violence and to being filled with violence, uh, evil force, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but then it can be on the other side too. It could be Exodus 31-3. I have filled um, him with the Spirit. And, and so it's very connected to 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 the the spirit world, uh, as are those uh, gems that are that are that are in a setting, and um, uh, you know, and it also like in in uh, Ezekiel uh, eight seventeen it mentions filled with violence again. In Ezekiel ten three it mentions the cloud filled with the inner uh, filled the inner court. Uh, we have that spiritual filling again. Okay, now in the Hebrew uh, language like to give an example of, of how that a word can have more than one meaning. Uh, we look at the word Adam, and we understand that that comes from, is related to uh, uh, Adama. And, and the word uh, Adama means ground. So you have, you have the ground, which the Bible says in the book of Genesis, and, and the dry ground was called earth. So you have the name Adam, both the ground, the dirt, that you plant things on, but you also have the, 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 the very earth itself because that's all Bible. And that's all in just that one word when you look at it in the sense of it being uh, the word Adamic, okay, uh, or, or Adama, and, and, and which is just, just connected. Now, if you go to the, the, the letters of the Hebrew, the Hebrew letters, uh, and and uh, you go down to the 13th uh, word, uh, you get the word mim. Uh, we'll just say M-E-M. And, um, and the, what that word literally means is water. That's the 13th word. But right in the reference that it gives, symbolically it means massive, overpower, and chaos. And if you go back into the legends of Satan, you'll see where he is the god of chaos, and 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 he is a deviator, and uh, and that he's involved in beast expansion, uh, and we've got 
all kinds of, of interesting things about the stones of fire in Ezekiel 28, 12 through 14, how that those stones of fire, uh, which were the Kowund, uh, 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 cherubim angels to Lucifer before he, uh, he lost the, the battle against the seraphims and was cast with his angels down to earth. How that this, uh, you know, um, was after the Garden of Eden experience and how that, that that idea of the stones of fire, the, the gems, you know, and all of that were tied in, uh, in that particular 12th chapter of Revelations and, and absolutely Absolutely corresponds to this word at the very beginning of, of Genesis uh, in this 4390 uh, Akha uh, interpretation so that we can see that the setting of gems uh, is all included in that and so therefore then we even have things like in Haggai uh, you know 220 through 23 where we get the signet the the, the signia uh, thing that that it also incorporates the gem uh, you know, so so that so that this is uh, like a signal put as an impression, and and is made so that you know just how like the idea of the mark of the beast being an impression of signals that is imprinted, whether it's on the hand or on the forehead, it, it is to be passed on uh, to other entities, to other bodies, and and so this whole idea that on the the fifth day of creation uh, you have imbued in this word, uh, you have have. Uh, uh, sinisterly uh, buried within this word as far as Satan would be uh, concerned to, to put it that way. Uh, this method of, of uh, <coughs> keeping quiet, this work that he had done way back uh, in the early before Genesis times. Just a moment. <coughs> So that's a real fast over, and um, and I don't have time to get into Revelation six about the the fifth seal and and uh, and some of these other things like in Revelation twenty four that ties into it and the fifth angel sounded, but there we have the longest day of creation, and how does these angels come in? Later we will see how then then they were put out of that position. The cherubims came in and took over. Uh, the 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 job of creation the orphanums gone out of the picture of it and and they finished the the the, the creation and uh, and that one day uh, there's going to be um, a very important connection uh, that is going to be made uh, for uh, you know a new creation to begin and when this new creation begins uh, then that will be how that the Ophanims will get uh, their status back uh, that they came here to this this planet to create, and and we've done the teaching many times how that uh, that uh, there were eight people saved by by uh, earth by water, and then there were many people that were saved as Jesus explained it um, by by being caught up and raptured. Jesus says as it was in the days of Noah, it's going to be like that. We're going to have a rapture. The angels, you know, are going to meet the people in the air and they're with their transport uh, ships and they're going to take them, you know, to a safe place, another planet uh, called the Father's House uh, in the first chapter uh, and first verses of, of, of the Gospel of John. And and then we also showed that every, whenever an aperture is open for the forces that are dark, because there is this war described in Ephesians, 
verses uh, 12 uh, uh, verses 6 and, and, and etc that that uh, there there is that opening of the principalities and the powers of darkness that are that are uh, contesting each other and this will continue until the white throne judgment when the thrones are cast down and and then there is a uh, you know a decision finally made of, uh, with a finality about uh, Lucifer and and uh, and those uh, angels that follow him but in the meanwhile Lucifer also took uh, uh, angels and he took them and put them on uh, uh, our, our, I should say fallen angels he t- that were evil and he took and he put them on uh, the um, uh, one of the moons of Saturn and 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 Saturn is mentioned in the Bible, like in Amos uh, uh, five uh, twenty one, uh, Chayim, and uh, and Raphan uh, in uh, in the Book of Acts seven forty three, uh, and um, especially if you're looking at the RSV, and uh, there are all these um, you know different uh, issues. What I wanted to say, as I sort of bring this into a, a closer before long is on this DNA thing I mentioned to you that the uh, the DNA uh, you know like was was the Belin the worm of life and so this Belin being the worm of life the, the 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 book of life when it talks about the worm that never dies it's talking about you know like like this book of life which includes the information of the DNA now uh, people may think that these you know, uh, twelve sets of of are these many sets of uh, of DNA information. It's the extent of it, but that is just the outside uh, uh, crust of it. There is the, the the universe that's not even been opened within the cell uh, that has has more consequential information of the DNA and all of its potentials. Uh, because remember, I was reading to you how that the tree of life was was created out of the ground. And and so so we we see that 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 this body is also called Earth, and so out of this very ground there is this Belin, this this DNA book of life in us, and it contains all kinds of possibilities. Uh, within these uh, possibilities are these uh, sequential uh, 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 events that can happen that uh, allow us to. Um, uh, you know, to to escape. It's like uh, one of the the scriptures uh, teaching in the uh, in the book of, um, uh, of 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 one of the manifest series. How that on this uh, staircase, uh, you know, going up and ascending uh, transcendentally, that there are these juts where you can get off and you can take a you know like a, a shortcut uh, to to these places. Uh, of 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 the bridge that uh, that suspends uh, and 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 closes up the gap of the all to the all, and uh, and so as we we get into the understanding of all this uh, Belin uh, DNA uh, power, and we begin to understand how that the scientists right now are 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 using this uh, huge uh, large uh, uh, hadron collider which is 17 miles in uh, circumference over in Switzerland and connecting into France how that uh, that uh, they're searching for these coding regions uh, where they can uh, have uh, a discovery of what's called the 
Higgs particle, uh, but which is uh, better known and, and understood as the God particle. And so they're searching for the God particle because they're beginning to realize that they are never ever going to find an answer uh, just within their mathematics. They're never going to find an answer just within their physiological intelligence. That they're somehow coming back uh, to this thing that there has to be a God that knows these things, been involved in these creations. And so this revelation of latolution that the manifest teachings give uh, about creation is far superior to evolution. We do not say there are not things that evolve, but the the idea of evolution is totally different than just the idea of something evolves. And the idea of, of, of evolution is that it all happens over a great period of time. But your your highest and most ex uh, outstanding scientists say that that the the that the uh, the aspect of the uh, uh, incredible complexity of the DNA uh, could not happen over even long periods of time. Anyway, we've got to bring a close to this. We're going to do some prayer for you right now. We thank the Lord God for you that are hearing this. We're going to have to finish up more of it next week. Uh, you know, it just takes a lot of time to cover all this kind of information. But it is a journey, folks. It is a wonderful journey. It is a, it is a, it is a treat. Uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Reach out, O oh God, right now to people in our audience that are suffering, people in our audience that are uh, fighting uh, various kinds uh, of uh, uh, problems uh, in their body. Um, oh God, whatever part of their body it is in, whatever difficulty it is, whatever pain is, is, is being uh, traumatized on them, we ask you, Lord, to hear this prayer. We ask you to reach out and to touch them and to heal them. You love them so much. You care for them. You are so tender. You are so merciful. You are so concerned. Oh, God, we ask in your name that you will do this. You will heal them. And, and ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you get on our, our, our blogs and that you support us by prayers for us and that you support us by getting on the blogs and that you make uh, comments that's very very important to us uh, to make the comments and and very important to us to have the readership and we thank you for everything else that you do because believe me that's how we keep things going god bless you we love you amen <laughs>